Hands off parenting. It's just hands off parenting. Put that down. Don't touch that. Stop it. Where's the line? Are you rolling? I'm rolling. Well, welcome to Hands Off Parents. Finally. Holy crap. Sleeping on the job. I, I mean, I, not like, not for nothing, but I recorded episodes the whole time you were gone. But oh, I was did just, you? Yeah, I just talked to myself. <laughs> and then I listened and I was like, oh, this is eh. boring. Eh. <laughs> Monologuing. It's like pretended you were there. Yeah. And then, and then Jack said, and I was like, oh, and then I was like, oh my God. Um, no. Yeah. One of our listeners is like, is this Stephanie's fault? She's off like doing Hollywood. And literally as I read that comment, I was in my kitchen. Doing Hollywood. No, I was eating cold pizza, <laughs> standing up. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Living the dream. Living. Hashtag. Um, other living the dream things that have been going on of late. Um, both of our kids had molluscum contagiosum. Yes. We've been dealing with that. They're like viral warts. The viral warts, <laughs> they stick around for two years. Or is, your life, apparently. The, yeah. It's the new chicken pox. I was, I've been calling it the new HPV. <laughs> <laughs> the kid HPV. The H- yeah, baby it's HPV. baby HPV. Um, yeah, it's uh, fun. It's Although great. we cured ours. I, we just went to the doctor yesterday and she put that stuff, like the Beetlejuice evil yeah. stuff that's supposed to take him off. So we'll see what happens. Yeah. Um, I mean, we're, we're, de- we're dealing with some world record here. We've got, we've got lice in December. We've got mollusks in March. I had strep. I had an that I didn't even get for my kids. Infection. Yeah, like, yeah. What is that? It's, I it's, tried to give it to my kids. It's yeah. like kiss me. It's all going well. Um. Anyway, aside from that, we have an amazing guest. So this is like a awesome comeback show because it's not just us like blabbering on about nothing. We actually have somebody in the studio with us who's going to share her story. Yeah. Yeah. Thank God. <laughs> so it's going to be a heavier episode today. Yeah. We're going to do some real talk today, which I think is very important. Hope you like crying women. <laughs> That's all we like. That's basically the yeah. whole reason we started this podcast. To cry, to cry together, to cry together. We charge fifty bucks for that. <laughs> so this amazing voice is the voice of Bev Kaplan. Welcome, Bev. Welcome, Bev. Hey, We're so glad me. to have you. Hands off, parents. Um, Bev is a dear friend of mine. Uh, she's a lovely lady. I don't. We know each other from being single and fun. Yeah, I was wondering I where so. you guys knew each other from when we used Probably to be fun. You're probably still from fun. When we're, we were fun. Yeah, remember, remember when that happened? <laughs> very distant. <memory. laughs> yeah, it's very, very long ago. Long, long ago. Um, so Bev has some stuff to talk about having to do with when a pregnancy doesn't work out. Yeah. And um, I think it's something that a lot of women go through and experience, especially now that um, genetic testing has is happening earlier in a pregnancy and you're able to see uh, the deadly stuff. You know, there's some, there's some bad stuff that you don't want your unborn child to have. And you get to find that out at 10 to 12 weeks of your pregnancy. Right. Yeah. So tell us, so what, so where were you, like how how long, long in your pregnancy and, and your life and stuff like that? Well, I became pregnant by accident in 2015. It was, and, and I'll just preface this by saying that I've had a mimectomy, 
which is I had, um, that's a removal of fibroids from your uterus. I had 16 fibroids in my uterus in 2011, and I had those removed. So going forward after that, my surgeon thought that if I wanted to become pregnant, I would probably need like some help or IVF or something like that. Mm -hmm. Turns out I can drink 75% of a bottle of... (laughs) Pinot Noir. Amazing. Not pull out once. A lot cheaper. <laughs> and, much um, cheaper than IVF. Yeah, yeah, much, much cheaper than IVF and get and get pregnant. Um, so that is what happens. Um, so I got pregnant. I'm, I was 38. Okay. Um, and oh, I was very, very shocked, but um, also happy. And Were you mm-hmm. wanting to yeah. um, reproduce? wasn't we weren't trying but certainly not opposed i was i was you know a little bit thrown because i was also applying to a graduate school program at the same time right. of course um that's so, when it happens right yeah. of course when the when you really um, don't want it yeah i was literally the person that they send into a high school and are like this is why like you use birth control <laughs> right and don't just drink wine and like right. think you're gonna pull out um so I, no we weren't trying but we were, we were completely fine and happy. You're happy, about yeah, it. I, exactly. And I, you know, got all the normal testing, and um, I think it was my ten week, uh, ten week appointment rolled around, and I was offered, um, you know, fairly new technology, which is that you can just get a blood draw, get a blood test, and they can test the fetus for the the most the viable trisomies, chromosomal errors that could occur. So like Down syndrome would be included in that. And then um, trisomy 18, Edwards syndrome, trisomy 13, Tau syndrome, and I think some maybe other, some other X base. Yeah. There's like five that they test for. And that's pretty standard now, right? Like it might not have been a few years ago, but is it or am I wrong? You do have to opt in to do do it. You have to pay extra for it. Right. You, um, I think with my insurance. Probably. I mean, I haven't received a bill for it. The the way my OB does things is like I just do a lump sum to their office. So I'm not sure if that's an additional charge. But But anyway, um, yeah, it it is. It's sort of like I don't remember the question sort of like being asked. It was like, this is what we do now. Right. And now we do this test. They ask you if you want to know the gender. Right, that's that was another also included, option. Right, and yes, that was included yes, yes, in yes. this test as well. But they, I was definitely asked if I wanted to do it. Okay. But for me, I think that's genius. Like, I mean, it's so incredible because back in the day, and the day is being like probably not even a decade ago. Exactly. Mm-hmm. You know, you would have to get um, amnio. Yeah, yeah, amnio, like something invasive yeah. to even be able to tell this stuff, which is already putting your pregnancy at risk. Yeah. And now we can do it with a simple blood test. I would, you know, I was like, give it to me right now. I definitely, you know, want to know. Absolutely. And, yeah. You know, I mean, to me, it's like uh, just incredible technology. I mean, medicine's incredible. And it's, I'm it's very really much in yeah. like the, I want to know all of it camp. Yeah, like, me too. These people who are able to keep their gender a secret to themselves, I, I like, I, I'm like, are you from Mars? I don't <laughs> like, how does your brain work? Cause I need to know every single thing. Yeah. Like if I can know it, I want to know it. Right. Yes. And of course, <laughs> I mean, you, I, I mean, especially something like this, I could potentially have very catastrophic Profound impact. Exactly. Right. So I went ahead and got the test and, um, 
Yeah, I didn't think anything of it because I was like, well, you know, I think for the most part, like, I mean, maybe we just want to put it out of our minds, but we're just like, well, that's not going to happen to me because a lot of these things are really, really rare. rare. They're rare, you know, and I was 38. So, mm, I mean, I guess that could be considered a little geriatric by, by fortunately. I think it's considered a lot geriatric, yeah. Bev. I'm going to tell you the truth as here really? as a 37 year old. <laughs> <laughs> I was 37 and I was high risk. Everything yeah. high risk. Everything high, I think after 35, yeah. you're considered high risk. But yes. then, I mean, after 40, you might I as well just be one foot in the grave. Because, exactly. You know, yeah. like, it's just like. Those eggs are dropping yeah. yes. dead. Yeah. Dropping like flies. I just didn't do math at all. <laughs> So, yeah, so I mean, I think it was offered as part of a high risk pregnancy. Okay. Like you should, you know, it probably be helpful for you to know this. But I just thought it was genius because, like, in what world can you take a tiny sample of the maternal blood and find yeah. fetal DNA in it's it? It's crazy. It's incredible. It is. Um, so I went ahead and got that done and then just waited for my two weeks. Two weeks. And then, and you didn't think about it. Didn't think about it. You just you. It was out of your mind. I was it was so nerve wracked about it. I thought about it every yeah. second of every day. Well, you're crazy though. So I am crazy. That. No, there is that. <laughs> yeah, that we but cannot forget. Have, but you have experience with. I know me, and I think you have one other friend. Yes, that this happened to. Yes. <laughs> so I mean, now that it's like in the back of your mind. Yeah. No, I, yeah. Mike's best friend from high school, a female best friend. They didn't do this test, but they did a 20-week anatomy scan Uh, and found out then. That is horrible. Yikes. So that was two, not even just like acquaintances. Right. These are friends. Yeah. In our immediate social circle. So in my mind, I was like, yeah. I mean, not uncommon. It's not uncommon. It's actually very common. I wonder if it's it's becoming more common, I think, for our circle because there are more women in above 35 that are having babies. Is that it? I'm sure that's a big part of it. This, these things happen for the most part to older mothers. They Mm -hmm. eat the egg. Yeah. Right. Right. So tell us what happens. I feel like we're jumping ahead. I was just waiting for my, my next appointment, which was in two weeks, not quite two weeks later. I want to say maybe. Nine days. I got a phone call at 5 p.m. Oh, man. From my OB. Oh, that's and never I, good. I thought even this is a very odd time for her to be calling me. Yeah. I mean, five o'clock. What could be going on? But, you know, get on, got on with her very well. Um, shout out to Dr. Rachel Thompson. She's since retired, but she was absolutely wonderful doctor. Um, and I answered the phone and she basically told me that she had some not very good news for me yeah how did she okay how did she phrase that she she said that she had bad news wow she was like i bet hey i have bad news just hey bev i have bad news just uh you know i said how are you very very minor small talk and then she said that she had bad news. I mean, you know, that's actually was the understatement of the century for yeah. me. What did your body do in that moment? Um, immediately threw up a, some kind of mental wall that everything bounced off and would not process. Mm-hmm. Uh, I remember just getting a, a, an adrenaline rush yeah. that my heart started pounding. Um, I sat down. Um, my husband at the time was not in the house. He was out, so I was alone. Right. Um, and you were at 10 weeks, like 10 plus. I was like at 10, 11 10, 
about 11 okay close to 12 yeah so close to three months so close to the point where you're about to tell people yeah yeah i was about to tell people as soon as you know in a few days i was um and i asked her what she had to tell me and what she had to tell me was that my genetic pre-screening had come back positive for a trisomy 13 so trisomy 13 is one of the viable trisomies, which means that you most just abort or miscarry. Yeah. Um, so, you know, like probably a trisomy two. So when we say trisomy 13, we mean um, there's a triple copy on the 13th chromosome. Okay. It's very common one is Down syndrome, which is a triple copy on the 21st mm-hmm. okay. chromosome. So, okay. so they're all Down syndrome is, is trisomy 21. Exactly. Yes. Right. I got it. And then Edwards is trisomy 18. Okay. And then trisomy 13, which is what my fetus had, is um, Patau's syndrome. Right. And um, it was named after a, a German geneticist, Klaus Patau, in 1960 um and uh it is a viable trisomy which means that you can have a living child you can have a live birth um but this particular trisomy is not compatible with life so they typically will pass soon after they're born typically um within the first hours to days okay um i think uh, definitely 80 percent before the first year of life okay. and all have very, very severe and irreversible medical um, and mental right. cognitive anomalies. So this is not like with Down syndrome, you could have a full know, and happy full life. And happy That's life. not happening for a child with Patau. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. So it, it does make a huge difference. No, it's, it's, it's certain death. Yeah. Um, you might get a year, but a very high likelihood that your child's going to be hospitalized for the entirety of its life. Right. Oh my God. Yeah. So did she I, explain all of this to you I at the time? I need her to have a medical science background. I had just taken a genetics class. Wow. And because I'm a very neurotic Jewess, I got an A in that. Right. <laughs> like I do in all my classes. So um, I knew what it was when she said it. And, um, it, it was like, I was hearing what she was saying, but it, it, it wouldn't process at all. I mean, I kept saying like, well, that I was like, well, that's fatal. Like my baby doesn't have that. Right. Like, no, I was like, no, 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 no. Like number one, that's really, really rare. I think it's maybe, I want to say one in maybe 20,000 wow. births has, has it. Um, oh and, and most don't make it to birth, most miscarry. So I was also in the very lucky, very tiny percentage where m- my fetus was viable. Right. Like you like, should have already had a miscarriage yes. probably. Yes. Okay. For the most part, they miscarry, but mine was, my fetus was viable. He had a heartbeat. Right. He was living. You heard it. I heard it. Yeah. Yeah. And he was growing developmentally up until that point. He was, yeah, he grew after that point. He well. was doing well, like on on par yes. with what they expected. on the ultrasound. He yep. looked like yeah. he uh, he looked normal on the regular ultrasound that we that we got at only you know seven right. weeks, ten weeks. Mm-hmm. Um, basically, what she told me was that the testing 
while accurate, is not diagnostic. Okay. Okay. So when, if it comes back abnormal, that means that you're then in for invasive testing. Right. right. As well. <laughs> um, because then, she's like, then you do like an amnio or right. something. Right. Like I did, um, CVS, chorionic villa sampling. So, um, she sent me for a specialist ultrasound, right? When you get the testing back, it's, you're at about, um, 80% accuracy. Which to me is not enough. Like I wanted like. 100%. Yeah. 100%. Of course, you of course. know, like, cause I mean, there are things that you then have to consider what yeah. you're going to do. And um, you read these people online who had a false positive. Exactly. Yeah. You can have a false positive. I mean, could you imagine? Mm-hmm. I'm, I'm not willing to risk it even at 80, 80%. No. So she sent me the very next day. Once, once you have this, it's like they will move you along okay. this process very, very quickly. Very next day, I had to see a specialist for a specialist ultrasound. The specialist ultrasound actually came back pretty normal. She couldn't see anything really that might give you a clue as to whether he did have it. For example... Um, very often children or, or fetuses with, um, Pitaz syndrome, don't missing a chamber in their heart. They have spinal cord mm-hmm. issues, lung issues, polydactyly. So extra fingers. Right. I mean, that could be very easy indicator on an ultrasound. My fetus had none of that. The only oh thing God. that she could see was that his heart was a tiny bit tilted, but I walked away from the specialist ultrasound ha- and it dropped from 80% to 50. Right. So you were like, oh, this, they screwed I mean, up. It's Something just, got screwed the, up. But it's also just cruel because yeah. 50% is as much yes as, a, as it is no. Yeah. So then you start having these tiny little rays of hope. Ugh, like hope yeah, commit. You. you know, this is a mistake. <laughs> yeah. Or uh, it was know, a, false a false positive. positive. Yeah. And so they were like, well, there's really nothing else for it. You're going to have to get invasive testing. So I saw a specialist for invasive testing. Um, if you can't avoid having a needle inserted through your cervix. Oh, my gosh. At any point in your life, I would very much recommend and that you, you feel that. that. You cannot feel it. Your cervix is actually very big in comparison to the needle. So you cannot feel it at all. But psychologically. Yeah. It messes you up. Oh, ri- oh like for someone's real. up your, your job. Yeah. I mean, they, you the ha- they, they insert um, iodine-soaked sponges into your vagina and then they put a needle through your cervix and they pull out amniotic fluid. Oh my gosh. Yes. So I was, you know, really beside myself. It was, it, it's just really, it's incredible what you will go through, what women will go yeah. through to get the truth, yeah. to get the answer. Yeah. I mean, it, it, you're a lot stronger than you think. Yeah. So if you're listening out there and you have to do this, you can, you can, it, you will. Resilience I mean, is, yeah. is incredible. It is. Human it, resilience. You can do it. You'll do it. Now, okay, side note here. Your husband at the time was, where was he with this? I mean, yeah. was he like, what was his response? Was he in, was he in shock with you? Were you guys on the same page about this? Yes. I mean, he, he was very supportive during this period. For yeah. sure. I mean, I was a mess. I was having nightmares about animals chasing me. I mean, all kinds of crazy stuff. You know, I would. I was told that I would wake up half asleep and search, searching the bed for oh things like just odd. Just odd. I mean, I was really beside myself. But yeah, no, he was. He was really great during this. Mm-hmm. 
period. Um, so at what point? So now you're at like 12 weeks, 13 weeks. Yes. I was and about are you, have you told people about this? Told, like, we told our family. Okay. That's it. Because I hadn't announced it. Right. So nobody like, even knew that I was pregnant. And at the same time, I had multiple friends that were announcing pregnancies or announcing yeah. them to me. And I, you know, was oh. in the situation of sort of not only being like, oh, hey, I'm also pregnant. Yeah. But, you know, there's a very high likelihood that my child has a fatal illness. <laughs> you know, it's it's yeah. really rough. It's 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 very hard. I, I mean, in any this. sort of like first trimester where there's not that kind of trauma, it's like the cruelest time period of your pregnancy because you feel the worst physically and you can't share it with anybody. Right. You're like kept under lock and key because of what you experience. Yeah. Exactly. Yeah. Exactly. Which is like, why the fuck aren't we talking about it? Right. Why do we, I mean, it's not like you're not going to want to talk about it with the people that are close to you. Close to you. You know, I think so much of this stems, I mean, for me, especially, I don't know you two ladies are Jewish as well, but from my background, it is like, you just do not. No. I mean, I come from a very, very superstitious Jewish family. Me too. Me too. And you just, I mean, my mother, when I was born, she didn't even have furniture in the nursery. My mom tells this story. She got a crib for like somebody bought her a crib and she brought it back to the store and she was like, I need to return this. Yep. Or if the baby dies, can I return this? Yeah. Like, yeah. That's such a true yes. thing to like, say. People yeah. keep if asking me, like, dies, can I return <laughs> what's the baby's name? And I'm like, don't ask me that yeah. question, you monster. Anything. I can't. What do you think I am? Yes. I'm. Boy, we don't do that. We don't tempt fate. Don't no. you say that to me. <laughs> <laughs> well, I think, you know, maybe that has to change a little bit. Well, yeah, because... The truth is, when you go through this terrible loss, you need support. You need support. Yeah, you, you need do. support. You do. It would have been nice <laughs> for yeah. me to have like some support. I, I did. I did tell somebody that I know had. I knew went through something similar, and that woman was fabulous. And she even came to my CVS appointment. Oh, oh that's, that's great. Just wonderful. not not in the room with me, but just to be there. Yeah, yeah. You know, she had something similar. It wasn't the same anomaly. But she she went through the same process. Well, and I find you know when you when you tell somebody you've had a miscarriage, every every woman in the yeah. room goes, "Oh yeah, me too." Yeah. yeah. I mean, it's like, why are we why are we why as we a society like? Because it's not we need to keep this hush. I don't yeah, know. It's, there's nothing shameful about it. It's just your body did it. You know, right. it's not yeah. it's not like you did it to yourself, like you were punching yourself in the stomach or something like that. Right. It's literally it's life and death. Yeah. Right. It's. it's it's just the way what the world we are. is. Yeah. yeah. And I know it's it's crazy like yeah. how taboo it is to yeah. talk about. But I feel like if I were in your shoes, I would have done the same thing. I wouldn't have told anybody because then you have to explain it. And, you have to explain and, it multiple, multiple, yeah. multiple times. And then you have to think about it and feel it multiple, multiple times. Right. As it's to just like hiding so it in your heart. You know, it's a, it would have been hard enough if they were like from the get-go 100% this is happening. But having to go through all this additional testing and they were like, well, maybe. Yeah. Like, I don't see anything. How like, do you, God, yeah. that is just, you know, yeah. So, had the testing. Yeah. Um, definitely got a, treated myself to a Belgian waffle after that little doctor's appointment. Two to three, I hope. Um, <laughs> and, um, the results from that are very quick and they're very, very accurate. Like, like 24 hours? Under two days. Whoa. Okay. Yes, under two days. Um, my testing came back. It was 97% positive. positive. 
Yes. So my diagnosis was confirmed. Mm-hmm. Um, and then following that. Who calls with that news? The specialist? Oh, doctor. The, my doctor did. But I also saw a genetic counselor. Okay. Who was fab. She was great. Mm-hmm. They're great. They, they are the people who have to be unshakably controlled, unshakably calm and professional. And they basically tell you sort of why this happened, what it is exactly, um, what the, your, the chances are of a false positive, and what you can do. I am fascinated by the scripts that we use during tragedies. Yeah. Like I'm just, I asked my doctor, I remember when he, when I went in after I had this test and, and he told me my results, the first thing I said was, what do you say to somebody who has bad results? Like, that's the only thing I was like, okay, fine. But what do you say? <laughs> because it's just like, how do you, you you're like dropping a bomb. It's yeah. A, it's, yeah. You're you destroying somebody's. have to shut it off. Life. You know? I mean, doctors have, I, it's what a hard job, right? What Ugh. an incredible job. I mean, the way I look at it, to me, I was very grateful for them. And I was grateful that they told me because it would have been worse for me to have carried the baby to term mm-hmm. and then watched him die. Yeah. I'm I'm so glad that they yeah, were available and supportive and they they told me I I don't begrudge them from doing their no. job. Sure, yeah. did my life fall apart? It's not hmm. their fault. It's not their fault. No. You know. Well, and you know, once that's the thing. I mean, the every week that you get into your pregnancy, every week that passes, it becomes more real. Mm-hmm. And when you're in your later stages of pregnancy and you feel the baby moving around constantly, when you're at that early stage, you know, you haven't, you, not that I'm not negating this at all. It's just like, I think the further you get, like I'm agreeing with you, it would be harder yeah. because sure. you like get, for your friend that, that when, found it on a scan. Yeah. I cannot imagine. I mean, even at 12 weeks, like you already have, hopes and dreams yeah, and things and that you want for your baby and yeah. you know like you but you're not you yet like future. rotund no. exactly unless you're me and then you look <laughs> yes, super look fat beautiful. at 10 weeks yes. um yeah it's 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 more of like a mental um scape you've created or, landscape and if, and if yeah. it's something that you wanted or that yes. you do want very for emotional me it was, for me it was a surprise but it wasn't something that it was something that I wanted. Sure. Mm-hmm. So, you know, to have that ripped from you Ugh. just so brutally and cruelly, like with no explanation other than I mean, I didn't do anything wrong. Like right. I mean, I haven't smoked my entire life actually. Right. So no smoking, no no drinking. Well, hold on. Maybe like in the first four weeks, but not after I knew. So yeah, yeah. you know, like no drinking, like I I eat really, really well. I'm a vegetarian. You know, I took all of my vitamins. Yeah. You did everything right. Everything yeah. right. And I mean, it's and like a genetic a, thing. It's just a, or like something like this, it's, right? It's just like a freak thing. It yeah. is a freak thing. It is a genetic error. Mm-hmm. It occurs with two healthy parents. It does occur more often if the mother is older, but it can happen to a woman of any age. And it's like, you know, we all, we all know women that have been pregnant and drank and smoked yeah. and it's like, and we're 45 you know, and like, then they, they have these beautiful, healthy yeah. children. And I mean, it's like, I think, you know, 
in the last two years, probably my most overused phrase was just, it's not fair. I, I, uh, this is the next book I want to write. It's not fair. It's not fair. Yeah. Just about like that feeling, that feeling of being like victimized by life and feeling like, why did this, why is all of this happening to me? Exactly. uh, Honey, it's not fair has been like my mantra. It is a mantra. For the, you know, it's, and it's hard to shake. That's a hard thing to shake. Right. Um, You know, I just, I did that. There's no rhyme. There's no, I know it's, you know, I like with Iris, with the, with the hearing thing, she was, I think it was one in a thousand, you know, and I would, and I would count the number of kids at the high school I taught out and there was 700. Right. And I'd be like, literally out of 700, none, but my kid it's one in a thousand. Like I would count the subway cars that went by. Like statistics fuck me up. It's like when you when you actually break statistics down into people and you look at the number of people. Yeah. It's like a mind fuck. Yeah. Yeah, sure. And I and I just kept thinking like I did the same thing. I didn't take any Sudafed. I was congested for two weeks and I didn't take any Sudafed. And she still has I had all thing. this going on and like didn't take any Xanax. Right. <laughs> right. I mean, right. it's crazy. Like, truthfully, even when I could have, even when I could have after the testing, I still didn't. It's like you're still in that mindset. Yeah. Of like, no, I have to be like a good mother. Like, you know, it's it's just bonkers. Like I said, it's so much. I was like, well, why? Why do people I know have three children? Yep. Yes. I, I you know. That <laughs> too. Oh, yes. Yeah. Oh my God. Why does that asshole get, get the lottery I started a of Tumblr life? That was like, why does this dick get to have a, a kid? And it was just like, I was just posting pictures and like <laughs> yeah. links to like jerk parents and right. like leaving their kids in cars and being like, For why real. do you get to have a kid? Exactly. Why yeah. do you get to have a kid? I love that Tumblr. <laughs> it's not My oldest bestest friend is a therapist or a psychologist in a hospital on a maternal floor. And so she has to visit all of these mothers who give birth, who are drug addicts and who are, you know, living on the street and who, you know, and she has to be the go-between with social services and all this, but they deliver healthy babies. I mean, I mean, fetuses that are genetically sound Mm -hmm. are resilient. Yep. You know, that's the thing. It's like, and that is yeah. nobody's fault. Uh, you really have to do a lot to fuck up your to diabetes. mess up a genetically sound. You really yeah. do. But I yeah. mean, mine was just such a random error. Like yeah. what? Like one in a million. And how many times do you think? Why does? Why is this happening to me? Oh, yeah. all the time. Why I was is like, this well, happening to me? What did I do? Like you, you, you know, blame I mean, yourself. There's, there's no. There's God no must reason. hate me. Who did I offend in the past? This is what I've said a million. Who did I? Who did I make angry in the last time I was here? <laughs> it must have been somebody really significant. Oh, like in your last life? Yeah, in my last life. Like, what did I do? What am I paying for? Right. <laughs> Probably George Washington. And the truth is, there's there's nothing. It's a it's a one in a yeah. million chance a freak of nature has nothing to do with you. I know. And that almost, it's like that when you get when you go into that spiral yeah this is like can. this is why philosophy exists this yeah. is like why philosophy <laughs> majors are around like when you go into the like why do things happen and is there good and evil and or are we just floating around and everything is totally accidental 
I I have come to really believe that that we really are living in a chaotic world and that nothing happens for a reason. No. Absolutely, me too. And, and I that, also believe that there's no comma now. No. How? Yeah. Like what? How are there certain people walking around that just get? It, or I mean, I know that's a false, you know. Because yeah, because their their life is rich and varied and and a struggle too. But it just seems like what like how yeah. why I said it so much. I said it's not fair so much so much. I mean, I'm I wish I could just strike it from my dictionary. And then you life. start to hate yourself because you're like, oh, I'm just this victim. Like right, then, and then for me, it wasn't only you that I felt like a victim, but like I would feel. I t- Maybe not resentment is maybe not mm-hmm. quite the word for my other friends that were pregnant. Yeah. But um, envy, certainly. Sure. Yes, sure. And I hated that because I was like, now I'm a bad friend on top yeah. of all of this. Yep. Because like I look at my like beautiful pregnant friends who totally deserve this and totally deserve this happiness. Yep. And I'm like. And you hate them a little bit. Hate I hate them a little bit. bit. Yeah. You know, totally. And yep. Not only that, but like my friends who were pregnant once they found out avoided me. Like I had, had the. That's plate. what I was going to ask. Like, what what was the reaction? So okay, so avoidance. So <laughs> did you avoidance. tell? So okay, so you have to tell us what happened. You get this news. Yeah. You get I got this the news, and you know, very long story short, I opted to terminate my pregnancy in the thirteenth week. Um, that decision remains. The hardest decision I've ever made. Yeah. In my entire life, I think it, w- it will always be. Yeah. Um, you know, this is two years ago. I still cry even talking about it. Um, it's I, amazing I, that those buttons, <laughs> they just, they always work. Well, I'll tell you why. Because, um, you know, we were talking a little bit earlier about the difference between this and the, you know, miscarrying. So miscarrying is, while difficult, and and I have personal experience with miscarriage as well, so I'm not negating any women that have had a miscarriage. I, I actually got pregnant again after this situation, and I miscarried that pregnancy. So I do understand both situations. Um, but, you know, miscarriage, you have no control over, and it's taken over by nature, and it mean it was really supposed to happen. When you're presented with multiple documents that you have to sign, um, to end your child's life, it, it, it's, it, it is, it, it just was and is the most difficult thing that I've ever had to do. I cried so much at that appointment that they asked me if I wanted to see a social worker <laughs> <laughs> because they thought I was being abused or just forced into it right. in, in some manner. And, um, you know, it, it wasn't, it's, it, it wasn't like that. I'll say completely with every ounce of my soul and heart and mind, I don't regret for a second making the decision that I made Mm -hmm. because it did turn out that my fetus, um, my son, he was male. Um, he had lung abnormalities and he would have had to have been intubated from birth. Mm -hmm. And I refused to put my child through that. So even if, I mean, and that's a wild card too, right? If you had uh, had him to term, he would have, you would have had to put him in like uh, some sort of He would have been in the hospital. He would have been in the hospital for for the duration of of his his life. life. Yeah. And intubated. Yeah. And I think, I mean, I was really only a mom for 13 weeks, but 
think like I understand like what it is like yeah. you know what being a mom is like you just sacrifice because I did not want him to have to go through the pain and discomfort of being intubated for his life and would I have liked to have met him of course would I have liked to have looked at his face absolutely am I willing to sacrifice that so he doesn't have to experience that pain and discomfort yeah and that's what I did and I think that is what moms do you know yes yeah so i i don't regret it but it it was signing those papers i mean my hands shook um i was a complete wreck and um you know i mean it, it just all becomes very technical after that like once you've made this decision it's no longer a baby like whenever they refer to your baby it's always fetus 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 going forward mm -hmm. they'll never refer to it to your face as a baby it's like all of medical and right it very... just becomes completely medical terminology i mean you know i i think there's good reasoning behind that sure yeah you know yeah. i mean well and <laughs> listen yeah. we know, don't it's we hard don't for the, for the mother and the father to you know yeah a baby is a to thing make those same a fetus is like a i don't know it looks like yeah, this floaty it's a, thing. A fetus, it's thing. You know, yeah. it's like it's not yeah, that's why the same as a baby. So it, it just automatically oh. all becomes very medical, very technical. And um I mean for me it was two days later. Two days later I had the termination done. And in those two days, did you go back and forth in your brain or were you pretty no. steadfast? No, about my it? decision was made. Um although I, I hired an anesthesiologist and I had it done at um, Texas Women's because I was like, I cannot have any knowledge of the procedure happening and I cannot have any recollection of it for my mental health. Yeah. You know, so I opted to be fully knocked out, which meant that I had to hire an anesthesiologist and also create a lot of problems with my insurance later. And, um, also something I noticed is that there are very few doctors that will do this procedure or can do. Mm -hmm. And I think that's something that we really, really need to work on. The, the surgeon that I had, he was advanced in age, probably due to retire. And he was one of two in Houston that were recommended to me to, that would have the experience to do this procedure. Wow. So... That's you know, pretty insane. Yeah. And it's going the way of like, you know, this is not being learned anymore mm -hmm. in medical school. Oh, my God. It, it really should be. Like, we I need you. Just... So doctors in medical school ask, please, to learn how to do this procedure. Like, I don't even want to, like, go down the rabbit hole of, like, having a fucking conversation right now about abortion. No. But, like, these fucking assholes who think that like women are just like we i'm gonna get knocked up and then abort my baby like fuck you terminating your pregnancy is not an easy decision to make not at all not at all ever it is nothing no woman no woman wants to go through with this even if it was a mistake even if you fucked up and you didn't whatever it is traumatizing yeah. And they try to term it in ways that, you know, they give it euphemisms. Mm -hmm. So like when you're getting this procedure for a medical reason, like I did, um, they call it a therapeutic termination. Right. But we can just call it what it is, which yeah. is an abortion, because I'm not embarrassed to say that I had an abortion at 13 weeks. And, um, you know, I would really like to 
reach out to all the other women that are considering this or have made this decision and, and just let them know, you know, there's support for you. There's, there's nothing wrong with your decision to do this. Even if nothing is wrong with your baby, <laughs> you get to have an abortion. Absolutely. I had an abortion. I write about it in my book, had an abortion. I was, I was a teenager. I was too young to have a child. And for, I would say until maybe two years ago, I was fucked up about it. I mean, it took me like decades to move on yeah. from that experience. It is, it is never an easy decision. Yeah. Even if you know it's the right thing. For me, at least, like, after all this was said and done, and I had my therapeutic termination, um, I looked online for support for myself because I was very destroyed by all yeah. of this. And what I noticed was that there is basically very little to no support for women who have viable trisomies that they decide to terminate oh is that possible it just is i mean it just i promise you like i went online and looked i looked for support groups for you know other women that had fetuses with patows and every single one that i found were support groups for for women who had decided to carry the baby to term and then the baby passed away And, you know, I looked at all of their comments and it was all a lot like, well, you know, nobody can make this decision except for God. So I'm not going to step in and terminate this pregnancy. And it made me feel even more isolated than I already did. Because here are some women that understand my experience and I could reach out to them. But I felt that if I did, they would angry at me or shame me or, or, you know, in some way make me feel wrong for making the decision that I did. Mm-hmm. I think it's, you know, if you're going to make that decision, you probably want to move on. You want to, you know, like there, know. there's I, something. Well, yes, yeah, certainly. I'm I was saying think, like why there's an absence of this. No, online. I think you're wrong about that. I think oh, okay. exactly what Bev is saying. Like, I bet it's either you feel ashamed of yourself because you're seeing these other women who are like, cause, cause my question would be like, well, why don't you start? Why didn't you start that group kind of a thing? But probably I would guess, I don't want to speak for you. If it was me rather, I would be like, I guess nobody else feels this way. And I guess I have nobody to connect with. I definitely partially felt that way. And also just partially was trying to put one foot in front of the other. Right. I mean, literally, like, like you want to, you, there's a, something that takes over in your body where you're like, okay, and now I wake up and now I make toast and now I get in my car and now I turn the key. And now it's like, you, you almost like want to cling to some kind of normalcy. Right. It just felt at that time, you know, starting a message group for women that have viable trisomies, but terminate would be inviting oh, oh, just a world of yes pain hate. and emotion yes, and like and hate from pro- you know and women probably who hate went through you know it I mean at this point it's it's yes. a couple years later at this point so I'm I'm fully comfortable saying this now and I'm fully comfortable you know saying for anybody else that who's going through this right now if you're listening you know you, you know I support you mm-hmm. if nobody else I support your decision and um you know I understand. I really do. It's like, um, you know, like I said, I don't, I don't regret what I did, but it is a forever ache. It doesn't go away. Mm -hmm. And I think it's that way, you know, for all lost pregnancies, 
you know, whether you've miscarried or you terminated for medical reasons or you terminated because you didn't want to be pregnant um, or you lost your baby in utero or you had a stillborn baby or your baby died. Yeah. You know, there's like the, the feeling of loss is just. It just spans, like, so many different... Oh, I mean, yeah. I mean, I think any kind of loss doesn't go away. No. I mean, I think that, you know, you you just... It changes you. It does. I felt, like, kind of strange. Like, I mean, I've discussed this with my therapist as well. Like, I'm like, it is two years later. Like, why am I still so affected by this? Because somebody that you loved died, right? (laughs) I mean, you didn't even know him, but you knew him. You did know him. I know. It's like, I don't, I try not to be like, oh my God, it's so weird. Like, why do you still care? I mean, why do you, I don't understand why I still care, but why do I still care this much? Why does it still hurt this much? And I mean, I know even for women, like with multiple babies, if they lose one or miscarry one, like that still hurts. Like nobody, everybody's experience is valid. I mean, I have 10 fingers, but if you cut one of them off, it's still going to hurt. Yeah, that's true. I mean, I know women, I have women friends in my life who have lost babies, but then like had one one or two afterward and still, I mean, still talk about it. This is the year that, you know, this is the anniversary of like still are mourning and have mourn dates and talk about their birthdays and things like that. I mean, or not their birthdays rather, but they're, you know. I don't, it's how can you get over that? Yeah, I don't, so don't beat yourself do. up. I guess is you what don't. I don't I'm think you do. This point yeah. two years later, you don't. You yeah. don't. You don't. And that's okay. Yeah, I mean, it changes. It becomes less acute. Right. Yes. Yeah, definitely. You know, like you can you can still move through your life. You can move through your life more efficiently than you did. I'm sure two years ago. Two years oh, ago. Oh, absolutely. Yeah. I mean, but you just it doesn't have go to. away. It's a, like a throb. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> or a frequency is sort of how I describe it. It's like a frequency in my brain that nobody else hears, that I hear, and that I'm tuned into constantly. Mm-hmm. And then you feel like, and then it kind of makes you feel even more isolated because you're like, well, I'm the only one that can hear this. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> like, you know. But you just also have to know that there's so many other women sharing that. Yeah. Not the exact same experience, but a variation of that experience. And can be empathetic mm-hmm. to yeah. it. Ugh, I have the worst question to ask you. Okay. <laughs> so, like, then you, you went through this whole thing and then you guys, then you miscarried. Yeah. How, how much later? Not long. Not long after. Not long after. It was only about three months. <sighs> this exact thing happened to my other friend. Was that just really? like, I yep. mean, was it... I think, you know, I got that taste, that taste of motherhood. And I was like, okay, well, you know, this is not going to happen again, like for sure. Um, The actual statistic is it is way under, way, way, way under 1% chance of happening again. Um, I feel like I'm just exactly the kind of person that's going to happen to twice, though, for some reason. But it wasn't Um, necessarily Patel's again. No, it wasn't. No, 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 definitely not. Um, it was a natural miscarriage. It was, had a natural miscarriage. In were, fact, I think it was a, like a, a blighted ovum, I think it's called. I, there was no heartbeat. Yep. Okay. I mean, I would say between the two, the first was by far, by yeah. far and away the worst. Um, but a miscarriage is no joke either. Yeah. It's really not. I mean, it really takes, you know, all of this, it, it takes a toll on you, not only physically, 
but you know obviously emotionally i mean but also physically because i mean especially with the first situation it's like you still have all the pregnancy hormones your body's not aware that you're no longer pregnant right for a little while and you know you're still going through all those crazy emotional and those aches and pains yeah. and your breasts being sore yeah. and your you know and then all I'm of sure that. your psyche causing aches and pains and yeah but no, I think we, we got pregnant again so quickly was because then I was like, okay, well then like for real this time, yeah. not, you know, half a bottle of Pinot Noir and, and protective sex. Yeah. After it happened again, did you shut it down? Yeah. Did you shut that down? I shut the whole thing down. Shut that possibility down. <laughs> In the words of what Republican Senator was that? We have ways of shutting that whole thing down. That's right. Yeah, that's um, right. That's right. <laughs> Wise so words. Um, yes, I, I did shut it down because it was, I, I needed my body and brain to recover. Couldn't take it anymore. Yeah. No, no, I couldn't. I, could, I really couldn't. I had to just like process the grief and all of those feelings that came with it. Did you decide after that that you had shut down the door to being a mother? Were you were you talking about other possibilities? Um, no. The door to um being a mother was not closed. Um the door to having a child with my previous partner is. Right. So but no, no. No, I mean I would be more apt to look at adoption right yeah maybe or something like that but but no it's not i mean it's still something that i want right so did you get um you put this story out there not publicly but i i recall you talking about it with more people you wrote yeah you wrote wrote something something very lovely yeah it it was really beautiful oh thank you high praise coming from you well, listen, it yeah, was, it was I, I remember, I remember literally when I read it. Yeah. It was really <laughs> moving. Yeah. I wrote an essay about my experiences um, and I, I posted it on Medium, but you know, it wasn't public. I just allowed my friends to read it and people that I was close to um, because I mean, maybe perhaps a little bit selfishly because I didn't want to have to explain it to over and you know, over yes. 60 yes. separate people. Yeah. You know, was, it does, it, it's hard to talk about it. And Otherwise, how did people react to it? So kindly. I mean, just so much support. And, and then people come out of the woodwork, right? And they're yep. like, well, let me tell you what happened to yeah. me. Or let me tell you what happened to Susan. Or let me tell you, like, yeah, exactly. and then you realize, like, how much people are hiding. They are. They really are, you know. <laughs> like, and it, it's like, you know, I think we're just sort of, you know, trained to minimize and be stoic. I mean, we really don't have to be. There is a lot of support out there for you. Yeah, I promise. I mean, there was for me. Like people were absolutely lovely to me. That's good. That, mm-hmm. I mean, I wouldn't think anything else. Certainly because you put it out to your friends and yeah. people that you knew. No, my but insurance company was probably not. <laughs> no, bastards. they wanted to charge me for the whole thing because they said that um, it was a elective procedure <laughs> because my baby was viable. Wow. Yeah. And that I, 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 I'm very stubborn. So you had to pay for that. No, I did not. I, I fought it all the way to appeals. Whoa. Yep. You Good won you. against the I insurance won. company? Mm-hmm. Good. I won. 
You deserve a medal. Why I don't you make a business out of that? Yeah. That's incredible. <laughs> yeah, that's because I don't want to deal with it every yeah. day. <laughs> Holy shit. Um, it was extremely difficult. Uh, I got letters of support from my OB and from my, gen- from my genetic counselor. And my genetic counselor wrote an amazing letter that was basically like, all of this is documented in her medical file. The, the, fetal diagnosis is extremely severe it is irreversible it is fatal and she said you know i would really like for you to consider did she sign off with fuck you she should have because i mean (sighs) yeah no 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 they were like well this is really elective because you could have had a living child right your child was not dead do you think this is like a southern like do you think it's like this in a in a not in in massachusetts Oh, it's the only state that I will say that really supports this, like that really supports, they cover IVF. All right. Big up Massachusetts. Right. It's a blue state. Massachusetts covers IVF. I'm telling, that's what I'm saying. The blue states, I'm sure. Yep. Wow. No, they were like, oh, no, no, no. Like we, you're going to pay for this. And, and let me tell you what, if you have an abortion in your second trimester, it's about $14,000. It skyrockets out of the first trimester. So that's why they're like, once I made the decision to terminate, they were like, let's move this along quick. Because, you know, it's it just becomes more and more and more. I mean, I my genetic counselor told me of a situation where she had a patient who had a Patau syndrome and found out about it late in her second trimester. And she simply could not afford the procedure. So she had to carry the baby to term. And, you know, this is where we're really failing as a country. Yeah, this yes. is the only place. <laughs> well, <laughs> but it's like you hear stories like this and I don't, we're, we can't get political. Let's not get political. I just don't, I no, don't understand I hate getting how you political. hear this story well, you and then say it. like. You can just collect all the information. Like my, my doctors and my genetic counselor, they were like, absolutely. Let me write you a letter. They wrote brilliant letters and I sent it in. But at the same time, it's like every time you call, yeah. you, you have to, to talk to somebody new. You're very raw and fresh yeah. in my mind. And my, you know, my body was tired and full of hormones. And every single time they were like, well, well weed, like, why did you yeah. have to do this again? And like, when, if you're talking you, to a woman, do you just want to be like, can we just talk woman to woman here? Yeah. And that's exactly what happened. And it turned out the person in charge of making the decision on my appeal was a woman. And, and I'm sure that helped. Me. I'm sure that mm-hmm. helped. Yeah, it did. It did help. She called me personally and she's like, okay, well, she's like, we, the board reviewed it and, um, we came to the conclusion that you're right. It was, it was not elective. That's like, Hey, we're going to murder you and then we're going to make you pay for it. (laughs) And then, and then talk about it. Have to like explain it to somebody like while you're like, well, it's like, um, an electronic voice box right. for half the time that's trying to make you. I cried buttons. so uh, much to strangers. I mean, it was just uncontrollable. I mean, I would just be like, okay, well, the reason is because, you know, this is a, it's a genetic abnormality. It is a fatal abnormality. And then just boom, like bawling hysterics on the phone to strangers. Cool. And, but I mean, it worked. Look, you, if you just put in the, the little bit of effort, and just set yourself to be a stubborn dress yeah. from a long line of stubborn dresses. It's going to happen. You'll get your money back. So we do have to wrap up. Um, but Bev, I just want to like ask you 
How you doing now? Yeah. You know, I, I'm doing a lot better. I, I stand very firm and vindicated in the decision that I made. Good. And, um, you know, I just, I just want to let anyone know who might be dealing with the loss of a baby. Like, you're all right. However you're dealing with it is fine. And it takes time. You know, it really does. Like we've discussed, it is, it's a forever egg. It's not going to go away. But, you know, you'll get through it. You're strong. You're strong. You're strong. You're strong. All right, guys. But um, thank you so yeah. much for sharing this story. Of course, thank and you I for hope, having me. Yeah, I, I hope it. like anybody listening who has gone through this finds some solace in your story. It's just, it's heartbreaking and it's. Um, I think it's powerful and it's very brave of you. To... Yeah. And your vulnerability. Yeah. I think vulnerability is always a gift. Yeah. When we can allow ourselves to do that. Yeah, and I'm a cynical it. fucking bitch. And I do truly believe that. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> you know, you're, somebody's going to listen to this and they're going to be helped yeah. by what you're saying today. That's all I want. Yeah. I just want everyone to be doing okay. That's really all I'm going for. Yeah. yeah. Everybody just do your best. You're going to be fine. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> All right. We will see you guys next week for real. Yes. We're back. I think. (laughs) Abby, don't do that to the people. Yes, we're back. Thank you, Bev. Bye. You can follow Hands Off Parents on Twitter, at Hands Off Parents, or you can always send us an email at handsoffparents at gmail.com. Or if you look on Facebook, if you're into that thing, you can find us there as well. Hands Off Parents is Steph and Abby. Uh, um, Mail camp. <laughs>